Well, it's great to uh, be here this morning with our Birmingham family. It's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a, a great year and, I don't know, eight months or something like that. And uh, it's crazy to think it's only been that long. But then it's also flown by. It's one of those weird sort of moments where you're like, it's gone quick, but it's felt like it's been long. And it, uh, yeah, it's been such a great time here with you. And, and we just want to thank you guys. We just want to uh, thank you guys, um, especially uh, two weeks ago when we did have our farewell service and you thought we were leaving and we weren't and we just going to keep coming. We just want to thank you for all your kind words you shared, just words of encouragement and um, and even just since then, just different conversations. We love you guys so much and it's amazing, like we've got best friends here in this room and, and it's kind of like, wow, like two years ago we didn't even know we were going to be here. And now we have best friends and, and people we're going to spend eternity together with in heaven. And so it's a, it's amazing. Only in God's kingdom can you really feel that, um, and have that. And, and it's amazing. Even I just sort of think back. So we arrived 1st of November 2017 and it was obviously amazing English weather around that time. Uh, no, it was terrible. It was miserable. It was terrible. Peak. It was the peak of weather. Peak's bad as well. So yeah. That's- <laughs> And, uh, but then I remember that first midweek we came and, and just to feel the warmth and love that this church has. And I think that is one of the amazing gifts this group has right here. That all the different things you guys have been through and, and just the love and just the, the deep trust you guys have in God and even just in the relationships you guys have. This is friendships that have been through so much together. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's really inspiring. That's been something that's really inspired Tia and I. Um, just, just how much you guys cling to God, His family, and His Word. Um, yeah, it's been an inspiration for us um, and something that we've really sort of been blown away by. But we're also excited for the future of the Birmingham Church. It's, uh, we're so excited to have the Frimpongs here. And I don't know, they're just going to do an amazing job. And... Uh, they're just such great disciples, such genuine faith. And I think we'll just lead by just amazing examples. So I'm really excited for you guys. And uh, I'm also excited because there'll be a group of new interns that get hired. And, and most likely they'll be British. Yeah. Away with the convicts from Australia. Send them back. It's, uh, but, but we're excited. I think it's a, such a great sign for, for the UK, for Birmingham. That, uh, that, that local people are going to be starting to fill those positions. That's such an exciting time. And, uh, we're so excited that we could help fill the gap whilst, whilst that was happening. And, um, and again, we're just, uh, just, and it's just been great to see all the different, like, miracles that have happened. Um, different people's lives that have turned around. People who've gone through tough times and then have, have come through faithfully. Different, just seeing different people come to know God as well. Um, yeah, just all the different people. And I won't, Start saying specific things because I'll forget some. And, but it's just been amazing seeing the way God works. And just had His miracles work no matter what. No, despite our faults and, and imperfections, He works. And, um, and, and this church just has so many great strengths. And this morning, I kind of just want to encourage you guys uh, to, to really keep going with those strengths. I think it can be so easy to focus on the things we don't have on our imperfections, on our, our problems. And amen, we, I'm not saying we just ignore things, but, 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 we, but you guys have got some amazing strengths. So many, and, and God really wants you to use those 
for, for your relationship with him, for your relationship with each other, and for all the people out there who don't know him yet. And so, really, I just want to encourage you because, because God is, has called you to something amazing. And so, the title of our lesson is simply Embrace Your Calling. Embrace Your Calling. Um, and so, you think, okay, well, what is our calling? And, and there are many things that we've been called uh, to be and many different sort of images and things like that. And, and one of them is... is yeah, there you go. That's all I've got there. What is our calling? And... Uh, and one of them is we're, we're to be like clay in the, the potter's hand. Clay in the master's hands. Thankfully, that's not the only thing, though. <laughs> but we're, we're also called to, to be like sheep for our great shepherd who oversees our souls. But then it gets even better than that, that we're not just... Amen, that's this image of obviously this trust, this, this, just this trust in God that follows His voice. But it doesn't just end there either. We're also called to be a servant. And you think, that can sometimes sound bad, but being the servant of the King of Kings, that's pretty epic. But then it doesn't even just end there. But in fact, he, he calls us to be his friends. In John 15, he talks about that. That we're not just servants, but we are friends. And then, children of God. That, that we are his adopted children. And then for me, obviously I don't have children, so this might all change when I have children. But then for me, it's an even like another step, like we are to be the bride of Christ. That we are like his bride. The person he pursued, the, the, it, it, it's so epic. So we have been called to, to, to this great thing by God. And especially just focusing on this idea of a bride, when, when you love someone, and, and you think about when you first start liking them. I remember when I first started liking Tia. And it was really hard to tell if she knew me. She kind of played hard to get. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. So, Thinks she likes? I don't know. And, uh, and I remember it was tough. And, and okay, does she, doesn't she? And, and Tia and I would generally catch, uh, we'd catch the train together to Friday Campus Devotional. Um, we lived in this sort of similar area. And I would like, the week of or the day of, I'd be thinking of things like, hey, what can we talk about? And if things popped up during the week, I'd write them down. I'd be like, oh, she, she's going to be impressed when I bring this up. Well, I don't know, whatever it might be. What did you read in your quiet time today? Oh, wow. Like, just trying to impress her. I would do anything. And then I remember taking her on a couple of encouragement dates and, and she would write like an encouragement card and say, hey, thanks for, thanks for taking me on the date. We obviously weren't dating, dating at that point. Um, and, and you would always sort of, you'd read it and you're like, this is great. But then you always wanted to see, how was it signed at the bottom? <laughs> and if it said, thanks bro, your sis, Tia. <laughs> you were really hoping for something like, you know, with, with all my heart. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Yeah. T was guarding my heart, so she probably said, thanks, bro. <laughs> but, but it's this epic, epic verse. And, and, and in Isaiah 62, verse 5, it says, As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Bridegroom rejoicing over his bride, and that's the way God rejoices over you, over us. Just this, this epic, epic imagery. 
and we just we love we love weddings. Weddings are such an amazing time, and and Tia's sister is actually getting married in December, and uh, so that'll be great. We'll be able to be there for that. Even if we were living here, we'd still go over there for that, obviously. But uh, that would be really exciting. And, um, and and weddings are so amazing. It's to see, and especially if you've obviously been married, just to see sort of your bride coming down the aisle. It's just this epic, epic moment to see this sort of this true love, this this bond. And even to when you're at another wedding, you, everyone kind of looks at the bridegroom to see how does what is he looking at, how's what are his facial expressions, and and it's this, it's rejoicing, just like oh my goodness, she showed up. <laughs> she actually came, <laughs> and and the bride is just perfect, isn't she? Yeah. Just perfect, and it's and that's the way God sort of sees us. Now, is the bride actually perfect? Sisters, close your ears here. No. But on that day, in in, in the husband, it's perfection. And and are we perfect? Is this church perfect? No. But. But in God's eyes, oh my goodness, yes. We've been clothed with Christ. We are His bride. And it's even cool to think of when, when you started to get to know God, or maybe you're on that journey at the moment, and that God kind of, He remembers that sort of first date with Him. That, that first time maybe you, you opened up the Bible and started to read His words. Maybe it was even that first prayer, and it was maybe just like, Barely, you didn't even know what you were doing, but to him, he was just overjoyed that you were wanting to speak to him, that you were wanting to listen to him. That moment where, where maybe you got invited and, and God's sort of there thinking, what will come like? And you said, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll come. Yes, I'll, I'll study. And, and he was just overjoyed that you wanted to start that relationship. God is so in love with each and every one of us. And what a calling we have as his bride. Um, and, and in this idea of, of weddings in the first century, um, if, if I wanted to marry Tia, um, it's a little different. You would, I would get my groomsmen actually to go and they would speak with, with Tia's dad and, and kind of represent me. And this was before our dads would come together and discuss and figure everything out. My grooms would go and they would represent me. They would introduce the idea of me wanting to marry Tia. Um, and sometimes, generally not always, but sometimes this might even be the first impression, potentially. Most likely not, but sometimes. And, and so hopefully they're going to do a good job of selling me, right? Pressure's on. That's why you pick good grooms me. You don't pick any... And and then they would obviously talk. And, and if he agrees, then, then our dads would meet up and, and they would then figure out all the rest. And, and generally they would actually have to agree a price to release the daughter and... And it can sound intense, but the, the idea being that, that the daughter would work with her family and, and to all of a sudden lose that, that's all of a sudden a lot of lost work. And, and, in, and so there was a price to be paid for that. And then once all that was happening, we, we would then have a banquet, all our friends would come and, and, and I would get on, on my knee or in some sort of format of that and, and propose. And, and basically there was a few things that would be said and done. The first thing is that you know, I would stand up or kneel and say, you know, I'm going and I'm going to go prepare a place for us. And I'll, I'll take you back to be with me. Once I'm finished, I'll come back and we'll go and be there. And then you would then take a cup of wine and filled with cup filled with wine and, and I would drink it and I would offer Tia to drink it. And if she accepted that, that was the acceptance moment. 
this promise that, yeah, I'll, I, will, I will wait for that. And then she would go and put a little lantern on outside and she would have to keep that burning. So sort of say, yeah, I'm taken, I'm, I'm called for. So none of those sneaky brothers try and swoop in. <laughs> it, uh, and so, and then I would go and I would start building a portion of the house, probably added to my family's house, as quick as possible, obviously, so that we could then get married. And, and then when that was built, I would then go and, and Tia and I would go and be together. And, and even as you sort of run through that, you think of all different verses yeah. that sort of bring imagery of that, of that Jesus talked about, of God's word talked about. And just as we go through some of these different elements this morning, uh, just, I think, just think, man, wow, this is, this is my calling. That, that the, I, I'm the bride of Christ. I'm the bride of Christ. Um, and that, that's what, that's what God has called this church to. That's what He has called you to. And so as we go through, we'll just uh, go through a couple of these here. The first one is simply, uh, no, there's those. Uh, first one is groomsmen make the invitation. And obviously we're, obviously we have lots of different imagery. And even in the Bible, we also have the imagery of being kind of like the groomsmen as well at different times. Um, even people attending the wedding banquet also. Um, but in John uh, chapter 15, if you want to turn there really quickly, John chapter 15. Verse 14. And it says, we're sort of coming in kind of to the end here, but he says, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give me. The Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. That that we aren't just servants, but but we're his friends. And this would also be a term that would be used for the the groomsmen. This idea of a friend. Um, And and again, obviously that idea of the the first person to, to propose the marriage would be the groomsmen. And you think that that's kind of also like us and God, to be honest. God didn't personally come down and and sort of this bright white flashing light. No, actually, there were groomsmen generally who sort of came to us, other Christians, and said, hey, you've got to get to know God. You've got to check this out. That we were initially, even if you grew up in the church, you were a groomsman, hey, what do you think? You want to study? What? Groomsmen make the first invitation. That, 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 that they come to sort of do the convincing, obviously. Now we have God's Word and His Spirit, and those are the thing that, that really convict the heart of, of, of those, but, but groomsmen make the invitation. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, a verse you're familiar with, all this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. 
we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now we are those groomsmen being given the ministry of reconciliation. And, and again, the only chance we people have is, is for groomsmen to go and share that invitation with them. This is part of our calling. We've been given the message of reconciliation to be God's ambassador. Yeah, we're the bride and, and we're the friends, and, but we're also groomsmen who need to go and we want others to get married to God, to experience that. And, and just imagine, as Tia and I were, obviously I was wanting to get married to Tia, imagine if I had to do this and I got some of my buddies and I said, hey, I need you to go convince Tia's dad, Tony, to, to marry me. And they went, and, and I'm waiting, and I'm like, don't mess this up, okay? And they come back out, and I'm like, hey, how, did it, how did it go? Like, well, um, she kind of looked a bit funny at us when we started to speak. And I don't really know if she was super open to marriage. But did you ask? Well, no, it didn't really get to that point. Well, oh, okay, um, well, what about you? The next guy. Well, uh, again, she kind of looked at me funny and, and kind of hurt my feelings a little. And I don't know. I just decided not to say anything. Okay. What about you? Well, I'm just not quite sure exactly how to say it. I've been trained in this. I haven't gone to uh, marriage proposal school and I haven't done that yet. Okay. And you? Well, I just kind of got really nervous. What if she rejects me? And she doesn't want to get married. You'd be like, she's not getting married to you. She's, she's getting married to me. How, how could you not just say, just anything? Just give her the chance, at least. It's not about you would be my response. It's about me. Right. And and that's God. Right. That we are His groomsmen. And, and we so often, all of us, and I struggle, we get caught up in, oh, what will the person think of me? And, and well, I, have, I don't know how to say it. And we don't normally. And it'll come across weird. And But, but God's there just saying, say something. Mm-hmm. It's not about you. Yeah. It's about me. I, I want to I have a relationship with that person. Yeah. Man, we, we, we've been called to that. To, to go and, and help people be reconciled with God. Let, let's embrace that calling. We are His grooms and we are His friends. Let's embrace that calling. And I get it, we can be timid. I, I know I can. And, and 2 Timothy 1, we won't turn there, talks about that idea of fanning into flame a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. And that's exactly what we need to do. That we, if you're a disciple, if you've repented and been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and, and you're a disciple, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And we have this incredible power in us. And yet often we just think, I don't know what to do. I don't know if God can work. And, and, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's kind of like this idea of, of in India where they have elephants. And what they would do is to train an elephant when you would have it when it's tiny, you would get a rope and you would tie it around the elephant's leg and tie it to like a stump or a tree. And, and eventually, as it, it would pull, it would feel the pain. And it would learn, hey, don't do that. That hurts. And so you do that from a little baby elephant. By the time it's like massive, 
All you need to do is tie a rope around its leg. It could just be to something tiny. And as long as it pulls and feels that constriction, it thinks, oh, I I better not. I better not. And and yet inside it, it could just rip the thing out. And that's kind of like us. We've got this, this amazing power in us. We've got God's Word, which just has this power we can't even comprehend. And and yet we just get so caught up in all our own faults and issues, and we think, I don't know if I can do it. And, but but God has called us to, to a ministry of reconciliation. You, you have this calling, church. We have our issues, but, but don't shy back. You have the, the, the power of the Spirit in you. Don't shy back. And, and I think there's so many great miracle stories in this church. So many obviously that have been happening for a long time, but even just sort of, even just sort of since we've been here, just seeing some of the amazing ways God has worked. And, and, and I even just think of like Karamat and Ore. Yeah. I think what a great story of, of obviously as, as they were moving over here, Karamat and Ore, Karamat's husband and, and Ore's father passed away. And, and just the, the heartache and the tragedy and oh my goodness and, and, and Ore was so young and, and then for Karamat to then raise Ore as a single mother throughout that process and then last year to then see Ore make the decision to become a disciple of Jesus I think, well, how great is God God is so awesome and, and I also think of, of Neo and, and the Ramis and I think of the journey that they had the ups and downs and in Leeds and then down near Warwick and then they moved to Birmingham and, and then the journey there and then to see Neo on that freezing October day <laughs> get baptized as well. Yeah, I think, wow, how amazing. And there's so many stories right. in this room. Yeah. Stories that people don't even necessarily know of. Yeah. Miracles that God has worked in your life. Yeah. Think, wow, how amazing is our God? We just need, we just need to open our mouth. Yeah. We are the groomsmen. Second point. These are short. Oh, there's a photo of Ore, and there's a photo of Neo. It was snowing on that day there. Um, and second point is the price to be paid. Again, there had to be a price to be paid for us to become Jesus' bride. What did God have to do to, to, to buy us from our house, our house that was on fire, an absolute wreck, and, and, and for us to enter His house? He had to send his son Jesus to die on a cross. And, and we just think, oh my goodness, what a price to be paid. And if you want to turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. It says, Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when the priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I'll put my laws in their heart. I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where, they have been, where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence into the most holy place 
by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. What a great passage. And you think about it, imagine being under the old covenant and, and you mess up and you think, okay, man, I need to do some sort of sacrifice now. You get the goat, the ram, whatever it is. You're, I don't know, you're rude to your wife. You, okay, man, I need to go and make a sacrifice. Then you, I don't know, you have a lustful thought. I need to go. And, and you would just be always in the state of doing something. And you'd always be in the state of insecurity. Like, oh, did, did I, what about that sin? Did I, did I do the sacrifice for that sin? And here, the writer of Hebrews basically just says, actually, those sins, didn't, like, yeah, it was good for them, but it didn't even really take away sins. Yeah. Not, not the way the sacrifice of Jesus did. Yeah. You just see that the endless insecurity. Yeah. And you just, oh, just... And yet, here it says that, that once he made that once for all sacrifice, he said he sat down at the right hand of God. Which is just this imagery of he's finished. It's yeah. done. There's no more that needs to be done. It's been paid for. Completely holy. And you think, what sort of confidence in Christ should we have? My goodness. And, and, and then you kind of imagine, imagine then you also back then, and imagine back then and you're a Gentile though. And, and you go out to one of the priests, you're like, man, I, I kind of want to enter into the, the temple. What, what will that cost? You're like, uh, sorry, you need to stay in your court. You can't. I'm sorry, you can't come in. Okay. What about that, that other place? The Holy of Holies. What about that? Can, can, I, can I go in there? How much would that cost? You're joking, right? Only one person once a year goes in there. And it's so scary, we have to tie a rope to this dude's leg just in case something goes wrong and he dies and we have to pull him on out. You could never go in there. And you're like, okay, well, what about, out of this foreign concept, what about if God was to actually live inside of me? He'd probably tear his clothes. Say, don't you even mutter those words. That could never happen. How dare the sacrifice that would have to be made for that. He, God is way too holy for that. And yet, here we are. And God is actually inside of you. And you think about that, that holy of holies place, like that, that would have been such a scary moment. And yet God is inside of us. The, the privilege we have. So don't listen to the voice that says, no, you can't do it. You're not worthy. Yeah, amen, I'm not, but I've got God inside of me. By the blood of Jesus, I guess I am. That I, no, don't say, I'm not worthy to be his ambassador. I can't do it. I'm, I've got all these faults. No, you have been called to an amazing thing. You're walking around with the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. How different a life should we live with that knowledge? And then in, in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, 
I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. I'm going there to prepare a place for you, Jesus says. That's like him getting down on one knee and proposing to the disciples right now. There's, there's no stronger language of commitment. And you think, man, we go through hard times, struggles, last year, this year, the next years, we will go through tough times. And it can be easy to let those things get in the way, freeze us up. And we kind of just want to hit the pause button. I just, I can't do this. But, but Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. And whilst he's doing that, he wants us to keep our lamps burning. That, that, that we are going to wait for him. That we accept that wedding proposal. And we're not nervously waiting, no, but we are faithfully waiting for our groom to return. Again, we, I'm not going to let sin, and when sin does get in between me and God, no, I'm going to get that on out. I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm not going to think, oh, I guess I mean, so I can just, no, no, nothing. I don't want anything in between me and God. He is my bridegroom. Birmingham Church, don't, don't let the trials and problems stop us Amen. from being who He has called you to be. You are the bride of Christ. And third and finally, it's a much shorter point, will you drink from His cup? Will you drink from His cup? Again, that idea of Obviously, it has a few connotations. It's also this idea of suffering, but but in the wedding proposal moment, it has a whole nother level as well. That that the you know the bride the bridegroom would drink the cup. He would then offer, and if she drinks the cup, it's the acceptance, acceptance of the marriage proposal. In Mark fourteen verse twenty three, it says, "Then he took a cup, and when he given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it." This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many, he said to them. That moment of, of them accepting that spiritual marriage proposal. That, that, that we are, we're in this forever. Yeah. Till death do us part. Amen. That, that we are, you're my bride. You're my bride. We are family till the end. And so in a moment as we take communion, as we take the bread, as we drink the cup, it's as if Jesus is on one knee saying, will you marry me? And we are saying, yes, I do. Of course, I can't believe you're even picking me. And, and every week is that reminder. Of, it's like a renewal of those wedding vows. That I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to wait for Jesus. I'm going to wait faithfully and and in that moment I'm going to be a groomsman as well and I'm going to help other people become the bride of Christ too. That I'm not just going to like no I'm I'm going to live faithfully for him. We aren't just some guests at the wedding banquet we are the bride. The wedding doesn't happen without us. We are the bride and so church don't give up waiting. I just want to encourage you don't give up waiting. Remain pure, remain devoted and, and committed to Him. There'll be no regret on that last day yeah. when you stand before God and, and you think, man, I, I really wish I hadn't sacrificed that relationship, that impurity, that whatever, that, that, that job that was pulling me away. I wish I hadn't sacrificed. No, there'll be no regret. Yeah. 
in that moment. There'll be nothing but rejoicing. That is, it's all been worth it. Let's embrace our calling. You are his groomsman, his friend, and we get to give others the chance to be married to God. And we need to embrace the fact that we are his bride. That a great price is being paid for us. And yes, we still have to wait kind of for that day when he returns, but but what a day that will be. And so as we take communion, again, one it's it's like one more week. I will I will wait. I it's a renewal. I, I I'm still waiting for you, God. And your sacrifice is what's made that possible. Nothing will come between us. So let's renew these vows as we take the bread and the wine. And Birmingham Church, it's been such an amazing time with you guys. And and I just want to encourage you, embrace your calling. God, I, I don't know what God's got in store, but there'll be some tough times, but there'll be some amazing miracles throughout all of that. So embrace your calling. We love you so much. Amen.